Sebastian Dealer Snyder is co-founder CEO of Torian, and Bart DeWin is a director within PwC Belgium. They work together to co-lead both the OWASP Belgium chapter and the OWASP SAM project. Sebastian and Bart join us to introduce OWASP SAM 2.0. OWASP SAM is the software assurance maturity model. It's the OWASP framework to help organizations assess, formulate, and implement a strategy for improving software security. We explore where it came from and walk you through the framework. For Season 7 and beyond, we've launched our YouTube channel, Application Security Podcast, where we post the video feeds for all of our episodes. You'll want to check it out as many interviews now have demos included where we capture screen during the interview. For example, in this interview, we put up a picture of all the different pieces of SAM 2.0 and Sebastian and Bart walked us through the picture. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Sebastian and Bart. At Security Journey, we believe security is every developer's job. We work with our customers to help them build long-term, sustainable security culture amongst all their developers. Our approach is to provide security education that's conversational, quick, hands-on, and fun. We don't do lectures. Instead, we let the experts talk about what's important. Modules are quick, 10 to 20 minutes in length. We believe in hands-on experiments, builder and breaker style, that allow your developers to put what they learned into action. And lastly, fun. Training doesn't have to be boring. We make it engaging and fun for the developers. Visit www.securityjourney.com to sign up for a free trial of the Security Dojo. Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Application Security Podcast. This is Chris Romeo. I am the CEO of Security Journey and also co-host of said podcast. I'm joined today by Robert Hurlbut. Hey, Robert. Hey, Chris. Yeah, good to be here. Threat Modeling Architect. Threat Modeling Architect, one of our favorite topics. But today we're going to talk about, well, kind of another favorite topic of ours, and that is OWASP, but a specific project. But as our audience knows, when we have any new guests, we first have to hear their origin story or how they got started in the world of security. So, Siba, we're going to come to you first and say, what is your security origin story? Hi, Chris. Well, thanks for in, uh, inviting us. Uh, so the, the way I, I would say accidentally stumbled into security is, is kind of a long time ago. It's about 20 years ago. I was uh, working at a, at a bank as an analyst developer um, and in a specific project had a security issue uh, or well, a problem to solve. Uh, and one of my co-workers gave me a book of uh, Bruce Schneier um, and uh, it had lots of crypto in there and that just it, it raised my interest and I read it and I, uh, I used it. I also got involved in a, in a security competence center at the company I was working then. And from there on, only did that security. And with my background as a developer, quickly started doing uh, security, oh, software security. Uh, got involved also in OWASP since 2004. So, and uh, since then, I've uh, been, been doing lots of software security. Okay. And you're the... CEO of Torian? Yeah, I co-founded it with a couple of other guys and uh, I'm now CEO. Awesome. So Bart, how did you get involved in this crazy world that we call security as a job? <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks, Chris. Around the same time as Seba, I think. Um, it's, it's a bit more than 20 years now. Uh, I started my career in, in university, academic world, 
where uh, one of the professors asked me to, to do a PhD and, and the topic, I was thinking a bit about the topic. And since my, my brother at the time was very interested in, into cryptography, I more took the approach like, okay, okay, suppose you now have cryptography, but what can you do to actually protect applications? What should you do inside the applications to do to, to, to build to build security in basically? So I spent uh, more than 10 years at, uh, at university, did a PhD, did a lot of postdoc, a lot of projects. And then after that, I went into the commercial space. And since now, since the last eight or nine years of working for PwC as a yeah, security, uh, software security specialist, basically. Okay, Robert, I'm a little intimidated. We have two crypto people on the uh, on the line here with us. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> crypto is something I've kind of ran away from. <laughs> so I was like, uh, little, little. Uh, I just I, I know enough of it of the, that uh, that I'm pretty sure I should never create any crypto code myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think same you know enough to say I know not to do it, right? <laughs> exactly. That's a good yes. that's a good public service announcement for for everybody in our listening audience. Don't roll your own crypto. Okay. You heard it here. You didn't hear it here first, but you've heard it here often. So mm-hmm. um, so the topic that we specifically have for d- for today is OWASP SAM, which I know that both of you are heavily involved in that, and so we want to hear all about OWASP SAM. But Bart, I thought we would start just by level setting for some of our audience members who may not have ever heard of OWASP SAM before. At a high level, what is OWASP SAM? Okay, Chris, I'll, I'll try to explain it in a nutshell. Uh, OWASP SAM is actually an, a maturity model for software security, meaning that you can use the model to try to measure and to help you to reason about how good am I doing, how well am I doing in my organization regarding security of software. That can be software that you're building. It can be software that you're buying. Whatever software that you're using in the company, if you want to reason about it, how well am I doing about uh, around it, you can use OWASP SAM to measure it and to reason about how to get better. Okay, great, great. So, Sibo, where did OWASP SAM come from? Or what, what's the origin story of this project? Yeah, SAM is already um, there for a long time. Actually, it's, it was created by a guy, uh, Praveer Chandra. And he's, uh, he's still in security, but he's not involved in the project anymore. It was around... So Prevere was already active in OWASP around 2005, 2006. He first created CLASP, which was a kind of a, a lightweight application security um, framework. It was really not lightweight, but uh, a lot of stuff in there. Uh, and then he um, he got some time from uh, Fortify, where he was working for, to restructure everything. And he from there and his experience, he created uh OpenSAM, actually, it was uh, so the first version was called OpenSAM, and he he created it basically by his own, based on his experience as a as a software security consultant, um, but also already got a lot of feedback uh, from people that were involved, uh, including Bart uh, and myself, um, and published that around 2007, uh, and he donated it to basically and together with Fortify to uh, to OWASP. Uh, and from there on, it started as an as an OWASP project, uh, as as itself, as it, the version one um, has uh, was a really good uh, framework. Um, 
And over the years, uh, oh, Prevere, uh, I would say, uh, went for another job. He's uh, still working with, uh, uh, with Bloomberg, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he, uh, he didn't have time anymore for, uh, for the OWASP project itself. Uh, so Bart and I took over. Uh, incidentally, we're both from Belgium, but uh, that's, that's more uh, coincidence. Uh, actually, we could have been from the other part of the world. We were both interested in the project. And we took it over from, uh, um, from Pravir. First created really a community around it of people that were also interested in it, uh, in the project as such. And then gradually try, like, uh, added improvements to it. Uh, created version 1.1, uh, changed a little bit, uh, did some tweaking around with, uh, with the model and, and the way we measure uh, maturity in the model with version 1.5. And then certainly over the last three to four years, we, we spent a lot of time together with, with 20, 20, 30 people in different workshops and different conferences over the, over the world uh, to improve the model itself. And then uh, beginning of this year, uh, by January, end of January, uh, we released OWASP Sun version 2. Um, so that, uh, it took us, uh, I would say, it took us more than 10 years to create the next version. Um, but it is really based on what the Prevere started. And just just to confirm, so the proper name of this project now is OWASP SAM. It's not OpenSAM anymore. So OpenSAM indeed is a version one from Prevere. Uh, and since we've created uh, version 1.1, 1.5, it's, I would say it's an official OWASP fork as such, and we call it or we refer to it as OWASP SAM. And you can also find it online on OWASPSAM.org. I'm going to have to reprogram my brain. I've been calling it yes. OpenSAM for as long as exactly. I can remember. And <clears throat> exactly. I've just learned in this moment that I was incorrect for the last number well, of it's years. It's not but... incorrect. It's just that it's a, a follow-up version. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I can say I, as a practitioner, I've actually used OWASP SAM. I got a chance to go in and, and assess a startup out in San Francisco a couple of years ago, and I had never used it before that, but it was it was fascinating to me to actually apply it. I went in over two days and, and interviewed a whole bunch of people and asked them questions from different sections. And it was so eye-opening to see how you can actually take this maturity model and at the end of the day, you can give somebody a, a statement of here's where you are now. And then I was able to use OWASP SAM to say, here's where you need to go in the future. Like here's some areas that you really need to improve. It was interesting because it was an organization that was, it had some, it was a DevOps first organization from their first day they opened. And so they had some parts of, of OWASP SAM that they were mature on, but then others that they had never done anything with. And so it was, it was just fascinating to see how that, how that kind of came together. So Bart, what are the use cases then for OWASP SAM? Well, I, I think you, you already uh, nailed it quite well in, 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 your, in your, uh, your experience there. I think the, the first use case, the primary use case that everybody starts with is, is an assessment. So okay. you want to use the model to do an assessment of your software development practices, secure development practices in the organization. So what you do is you take the model, you do a number of interviews, um, and you try to gauge how well you are doing in the organization. Uh, very important in that perspective is to take into account the scope of the assessment that you're doing because very, a lot of companies um, have different teams that work in a different way. 
So sometimes it's not so easy to do a single assessment for the entire company. You might want to split up the company in different parts and do, do several assessments. But that's kind of the starting point. And that's where everybody gets started. That's the, that's the primary use case, I would say. But then the model is very well suited in defining the, the, the future, sort of to be for your organization. Where do you want to go in, in one year time, three years time, five years time? So what's, the, what's my to be, to be model for, for the organization? That would be the second, the second primary use case because it helps you think in a structured way about the different practices and elements that you should be thinking about in your organization. And then the model can help you in a structured way of, uh, in, in, in getting there. So getting from point A, where you are today, to point B, where you should be in, in a couple of years' time, in a structured way. Typically, that will be organized in a number of phases, phases of six months to one year, every phase around that, to get you from point A to point B. And then um, as, 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 a, as a final use case, I would say SAMS helps you a lot in, 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 in providing you instruments in implementing uh, the different practices that you would be implementing in improving in the organization. So it gives you a lot of resources, a lot of uh, description, uh, guidance in, in what you should be doing in, in, in implementing those practices in the organization. But it's all about improving the maturity, getting you from point A, the Aziz of today, to point B, the future where you want to go as an organization. That's basically the, 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 the primary use cases of, of, of what SAM can deliver you as a, as a company. Have either of you seen OWASP SAM ever used as a contractual vehicle? Like, are, is anybody using this as a, in an RFP or something like that to say, kind of, here's some of the practices that you have to do? Um, I, I would think that would be another use mm -hmm. case for the project. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I've, I've already seen that in, the, in public tenders, even by governments. I've been involved in, the, in a couple of them. Uh, and that's where uh, BSIM, uh, sorry, uh, SAM uh, it, uh, itself has the uh, possibility to, to be used as a maturity model. But since there is a measurement uh, aspect in it, uh, it can easily be used to also set like a minimum level of maturity of a, of a software provider uh, mm -hmm. whenever you're, uh, you're buying software. That's great. So you mentioned BSIM there. Uh, mm -hmm. That's going to be one of the, I think, one of the big questions from a lot of people. A lot of people are familiar with BSIM, and oh, they may be new to OWASP SAM. What's mm -hmm. the difference then between SAM and BSIM? There is, uh, there's a big difference, uh, but it's interesting to uh, to also understand how BSIM started. It's actually also uh, it has the same origin story. Um, when Previer created uh, OpenSAM. Uh, he was doing that uh, paid by uh, uh, by Fortify, and he presented his result uh, on the on the Fortify board of advisors. And at that time, Gary McGraw uh, was on that same board and uh, was very interested in the project as such. Um, wanted to collaborate on that uh, together with Pravier. Um, and let us say that um, there was some, I would say, uh, differences in opinion uh, between uh, Prevere and Gary on how to do it. Uh, and so uh, Gary, I would say, uh, took, I would say, the same kind of structure that uh, Sam was based on. Because certainly when you look at uh, the first versions of BSIM, you see a lot of similarities. Um, but the way uh, Gary took it uh, to, and, and when, he, uh, when he started using BSIM at Synopsis, 
was different. Uh, what they did, uh, and not Gary himself, but everyone who was involved uh, with, uh, with software or SDL projects uh, at, uh, at Digital, is they did interviews at companies practically well and basically their, their customers, what they were doing in terms of software security activities. And based on that, they grouped that together in their, I would say, report, uh, because they have like BCM 1, 2, and until now 10, BCM 10. Yeah. And it's more like kind of a report of what Sigital and our Synopsis, as uh, Sigital was acquired by Synopsis, what their customers are doing. And uh, yeah. I think there's now about 120 companies in there uh, that uh, are, I would say, uh, calculated in, in uh, up. And it's it's a representation or like a uh, an overview of what I would say the top 120 companies are doing in that sphere. But you have to take into account that these are companies that uh, I would say have the pockets and the budgets to pay a digital or synopsis to do or to set up an SDL. Um, yeah. And that itself, it's interesting to know what they are doing, uh, but where some takes that a step further. Some is much more, I would say, prescriptive in the sense that we describe more the activities, uh, what you should be doing uh, to actually have that uh, particular maturity at the certain security practices. And that's something you don't have in BSIM. And so you don't have really roadmaps in there uh, either. And there is something similar. Um, but what BSIM has done and what they're really good at is that they've used that as a, I would say, a marketing machine to promote the, I would say, the SDL consulting, obviously, of, uh, of digital itself. So, and that's where it's uh, most known for. Uh, but it has yeah. the same kind of background. Uh, the big difference, obviously, is that well, BSIM, it's, it's a public report, but OWASP SAM is, a, I would say, a, a collaborative and open source project. Yeah, when I... I think of BSIM versus SAM. I think of BSIM as more of a statement of where all of these companies are. So there's 120 mm -hmm. companies that are playing into it. It doesn't necessarily mean that where all of them are is where we should go in the future. Whereas when I think about SAM, I think about the roadmaps and thinking about the prescriptive guides on where we want to get to in the future that we mm -hmm. as a community can come together and agree, kind of setting the standard for, hey, in mm -hmm. five years, we want to be doing these new innovative things. Whereas BSIM, I feel like, is a measurement of where these 120 big companies are. But, mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily have a quality metric to say they are doing the right things. It just says they are all doing these things. Yeah. That's kind of how I, that's how I, I see it as well. Mm -hmm. Bart, how is OWASP SAM organized in in this actual model uh, itself? Okay, that's that's a good uh, good question, Chris, and I'll, I'll try to explain it as, as as clearly as possible. Actually, it's 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 not that hard to explain once you understand the structure behind it. But it's it's actually a, a multi-layer model uh, that that actually is used to structure a lot of activities that are being used to, to measure your, your maturity, basically. Because again, it's all about measuring maturity. So we want to measure the maturity of activities. Are you doing activity X or are you doing activity Y? Okay, so the structure to, to structure all this is, is a multi-level structure. At the highest level, uh, there is a, a layer which is called business functions. And in SAM 2.0, there are five business functions. There you have uh, functions like governance, design, implementation, verification operations. These are um, 
groups of, 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 of things where we uh, see a very direct link with how uh, activities are being uh, organized in, an, in a company. So you typically in an organization would have a team that is working around governance, you would have team that, that are doing uh, designer implementations. You would have testing teams. You would have operation teams. Of course, uh, with waterfall or DevOps, this might change a bit, but still, these are typical roles in an organization. So okay. this is kind of providing you the link with how things are going on in an, in an organization. Then underneath that business function, every business function then has three security practices. And I'm, I'm sharing this picture here. So for instance, in the governance business function, you see three security practices. One is strategy and metrics, one is policy and compliance, and one is education and guidance. So under these security practices, again, there are these number of activities that will be used to measure how things are going. And so every business function itself has three security practices linked to that particular role of governance or design or implementation. Okay, when we then look at uh, the previous version of the model, version 1.x, 1.5 for instance, under that security practices, we just had a bunch of activities, a set of activities. And these activities are grouped in maturity levels. So we would have a level one, there would be level one activities, you would have a level two, level two activities, and level three, level three activities. Now we did see that in level, in version 1.5 of the model, there were actually some activities that were logically a bit, a bit unlinked in these security practices. And so that's why we, in version two, we created a new concept called the stream. And that's actually also represented in this picture. There is under the strategy and metrics uh, security practice, for instance, there is a stream create and promote and a stream measure and improve. And that's actually something to logically group, again, activities together under that security practice. So again, let me rephrase, it's a multi-layered structure. At the, at the highest layers, there are business functions, which are typically roles in an organization. Underneath that, there is a security practice. And in its security practice, it actually uh, contains two um, streams that actually contain a number of activities. Every stream contains an activity per maturity level, and that actually uh, combines everything together. So in, in, if you would calculate uh, the, the number of activities, it's, I think we're at 96 at the moment, Seba, is that correct? I, I, uh, I lost track of, of the number of activities. times 50. Yeah. times two, so yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, if, indeed. If, yeah. if you're doing all of them, but there is, I don't think yeah. there's any company that, that's actually doing all of the, uh, the activities. No. Yeah, but, <laughs> but so at, at the bottom layer, it's just a bunch of activities that are structured in this, in this multi-layer structure. That's mm -hmm. overall yeah. how, it's, how everything is, 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 set, uh, is set together, basically. Does that make so, sense? Yeah, but uh, the one question I have is on the streams. So... Stream A, is, the, is there a commonality between stream A across all of the business functions and all the security practices? Like if you had to define, like what's the difference between stream A and stream B, not at the individual activity level, but in general? Yeah, there's not really a link between the streams. 
So there is no, because indeed that's a question that we get from time to time. Uh, does stream A take priority over stream B or is there a link between stream A in one security practice and stream B in another security practice? There's actually not really a relationship. It's just a way to, again, give more structure to what we're doing. Because we saw in the previous versions that sometimes we had like at, a, at level one, an activity that was linked to, for instance, creating a strategy. At level three, there was an activity linked to creating a strategy. And we saw at level two, somehow there was nothing linked to relate, uh, creating a strategy. So we saw that there were gaps in, in the maturity levels uh, of, of creating that strategy. And we wanted to force ourselves to make sure that the, at, at all the levels of maturity, there was some kind of representation of an activity of creating that strategy. And that's why we set up those streams to, to force ourselves to make sure that it's consistent throughout the entire model. But mm -hmm. so there's no priority between streams, uh, between stream A or stream B, or there's no real links between stream A for one business function and stream A for another business function. There's no direct link between them. Okay, so Siva, there's another companion project to OWASP SAM in regards to benchmarking. Can you tell us about this this idea of benchmarking and, and how that fits in with OWASP SAM? Yeah, most certainly. So whenever uh, whenever we introduce uh, some um, to a new team or whenever I talk to it, uh, uh, like to another uh, person that's active in, in software security, one of the first questions is, uh, okay, that's all good and well. We can, we can use some as a framework to measure our maturity or to see what we should be doing. Uh, but how can I compare what we are doing to another organization? And we all want to know, okay, am I doing the right thing? But also, am I doing enough compared with peers in my same industry or, or, or like a, a company or a team that's doing some, something similar. Um, and that's obviously that's hard uh, to do that comparison. And hence the, the idea to, to actually create a benchmark project. We've already tried it uh, a couple of years ago where together with a couple of uh, other organizations, we, we started to create like a critical mass of measurements to create like the, I would say the, the first data set of, uh, of some measurements so that you could start comparing with that uh, baseline. Um, unfortunately, that was not successful. We didn't have, I would say, enough uh, measurements. Um, but we're uh, now with the release of uh, some version two, we have re uh, rebooted that initiative. And we are also very happy that Brian Glass um, is, uh, is taking that on as a separate track within uh, the SAM project. Brian has done or has gotten a lot of experience also with I would say putting together a lot of data into a data set uh, because he has done the same thing for the OWASP top 10, the latest version. Um, so the idea is now that we invite organizations that have done uh, some assessments or are, that are doing some assessments to share those, I would say, measurements uh, in an anonymous way. Uh, obviously, you don't have to uh, share uh, your name or you link your, your company to, uh, with that. But the idea is that we could or we should be able to see, okay, if we uh, measure, for instance, if we, how, how are you doing in terms of uh, security testing? Um, say that we are a measurement like uh, in terms of uh, maturity, we are at 1.5 uh, on a maximum of three, uh, and that we are active in, I would say, banking or financial or fintech-like uh, uh, sector. 
is that enough uh, compared with other similar kind of organizations? So, and our end goal or our vision is that we should have enough data for us to be able to say that, okay, you're on par or you're below or you're ahead of your, uh, your peers. Um, that's, that's what the benchmarking initiative is about. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big companion to OWASP SAM because yeah. that's the question yeah. I've heard people ask even as well is, you know, this is a great maturity model, but how do I stack up against mm-hmm. other companies? And that's one of the things BSTIM does give you today is it does give you that kind of level set against other companies in the same industry as me. Am I doing better? Am I doing worse? And so, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this benchmarking come together because I'd like to see the results. I want to, I want to see how are we doing as an industry? How are we, you know, where do we need to improve? You know, uh, for somebody like me who builds education, that information is going to help me figure out where should we be investing more time in developing new content to teach people about things that everybody's struggling with. And so that's, that's why I'm kind of, I'm excited about this. So Bart, what does the future hold for OWASP SAM? Like when you look into the future, I know you just got version two, you guys just got version two out the door. So you're probably thinking about like, I'm going to take an OWASP SAM vacation for (laughs) a couple of years or something. But what, um, when you start to, when you think big about five years in the future, um, what's, what's kind of on the roadmap for OWASP SAM? Where do you guys want to go with this? Well, I, th- I think there's there's a number of, of, of elements to, to to add to the table there. First of all, I think from from a content perspective, I think it's it's really important that we uh, are in line with modern development practices in organization, and that's also something that we uh, why we really wanted to get version two out as soon as possible is that uh, we noticed that the original version version one or one dot x. Uh, it was not always fitting very well with modern development organizations anymore. And so, for instance, if you look at version two, we created this new business function implementation. It's a totally new function, but you will see there are things like secure build, secure deployments, which were really necessary to, to be able to measure what modern companies are doing. So I think if you're looking uh, forward, I think one of the main goals is that we should always be striving for having a model that is able to represent what companies are doing. Does that mean that for version three, we will need six business functions or maybe four again? At this point in time, it's, it's difficult to say, but that's, that's really our goal, to, to really make sure that we are really aligned with what companies are doing uh, on the floor. Then from a process perspective, uh, what we really try to, to do is to have a model that, we, that can um, evolve in a very agile way. Uh, and by that, I mean, in the past, whenever we did release, we always had to spend quite some time to get the release out. And it took us, uh, people had to wait for that release to be, to be out. With version two and going forward, really wanted to make it a community uh, and agile uh, process in a sense that when we see that there is a flaw or a particular issue in the model, we want to be able to to improve that model very quickly, uh, put push a fix uh, as as soon as possible. And so we've we've done a lot. Uh, in setting up version two to be able to very quickly build new versions of the model. So going forward, uh, what I what I would what 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 we would like as 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 a project team is really to be able to release very in in a very flexible and agile way, 
in that sense, we don't want to wait another five years to create version three. No, we want to continuously update the model to make sure that it's in line with what companies are doing. And that's, that's actually where we want to go uh, towards is a very fluid model that, that's in line with what, companies, with what companies are doing. And that might mean that in the future, we might want to uh, release another version three if we really say, okay, this change is so disruptive that it doesn't make sense to do a small change to the model anymore. That will happen. But in the meantime, we will have had a lot of, a lot of updates and improvements to the model that did make sense and that were uh, yeah, backward compatible, compatible, I would say, to, to, make, to make it fully functional for, for our users. And we want to stay as close as possible to, to, to our users, to our companies with, with the model, basically. Are you still versioning all of those changes? So I'm just curious, like... I, I love the idea of it's almost like a DevOps for yep. a maturity model where yeah. you're committing new versions and changes and pushing to production all the time. The only question I have is how do you version that though so that we, when we start doing a comparison between company A and company B, we know this version was 2.1.7 and this was 2.1.5 in case there's some discrepancy that could skew the data. That's that's a very good question, and it's actually something that we that we haven't figured out totally. We have our ideas around it, but it's still ongoing ongoing discussions. Mm-hmm. Because of course, indeed, if you do an assessment, you have to be able to compare to a similar assessment to a similar model. So we will have to have some kind of versioning inside the model, but we want that versioning to work and not to restrict us in in in, in improving the model in a flexible way. So indeed, yeah. these are discussions that are ongoing, and we'll for sure need. Some, some kind of version, major version, major, mi- minor versioning to, 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 be, to be present to make sure that at least we can take those steps, steps up in, in terms of versioning. Uh, and that's, that's something we're currently uh, heavily discussing in the, in the project team as well. But, uh, but as long as, I would say, as long as the, the major frame or the major uh, framework doesn't change and there's no, I would say, additional activities or the, the maturity levels don't significantly change, there's currently no reason actually to, uh, to increase, I would say, the release version. Um, so we've now, we've now come in, up into a situation that everything is in GitHub. All the whole model itself are, are YAML files that, we've, that we're automatically publishing towards the website whenever we do a change. Uh, and that has allowed us to collaboratively create some version two where we are, and we can gradually now improve and iterate over that. And it's only when there's, I would say, major structural changes that we're going to bump up the release versions. Uh, so I guess on June 16th, you have this OWASP SAM user day coming up. What, what's what's going to happen on this user day? Mm-hmm. So the... So we've been working on some, a lot of, uh, over the last couple of years, but we've always had a strong tie with the community. And so each year we've, we've organized little, I would say, like some summits. Uh, now, currently with Corona, uh, we, we can't do a physical one, uh, but we're organizing a virtual user day uh, for everyone who's, uh, who's using OWASP SAM or considering to use OWASP SAM uh, in the near future. So, and on June uh, the 16th, uh, we're probably going to start in about in the afternoon, I would say Europe time and in early morning US time. We're going to do an online conference 
covering some topics. So there will be people talking about uh, content. We'll have a couple of workshops. We'll have a couple of work, uh, I would say, roundtables where you can share your experience actually of how you used some, uh, what went good, what went wrong, uh, some what, what kind of toolings you were using. And so we've uh, we've just now, I would say, started uh, started the website. So you can find it uh, on whatsappsumorg slash userday. There's a call for topics, and we invite everyone who has used uh, some to um, to fill to fill in, the, I would say, the call for topics and to propose a topic. The idea is here is really that we uh, want the community to share, uh, and that you uh, you can you can learn from from other people. Uh, on how they are using some. You hear a lot individually stories from people who are using some who are really happy with it or who have failed miserably at, as well. Uh, and that and there we can also take, do some lessons learned. Um, so, and we want to, sh to, to create like a platform to share that, uh, those kind of experience. Is it free or is, it, is there a registration charge? It's going to be completely free. Uh, like every, anything within OWASP, it's uh, it's it's open source. It's free. Uh, we uh, are, we have structural sponsors with uh, how would say pay our bills for the technical editing, the the hosting, uh, the the layout, and the support we need. Um, but everything we do and everything we publish is is completely free, including the, the user day. Yeah, and I just wanted to add to that. Uh, Sam is a model that's 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 driven by the community and built for the community, and so we're we're actually uh, trying a lot to involve as much as possible the community, uh, among others, for instance, by providing guidance on how to use the model, and mm -hmm. that guidance can, for instance, we're currently building uh, with with Rob van der Veer a guidance on how we, how can you build. Uh, uh, how can you use uh, OSPSAM for um, agile development? Or how could you use it for DevOps-oriented companies? Because, again, this is like a, a, a theoretical structure, but you have to apply to a particular context of your organization. Just as everybody, every company doesn't need to get all trees for all practices or activities, you don't need, uh, you, you, the way you apply it in your organization differs on, on, on depending on your context. So we want to give as much as possible guidance and advice from, from, within the, from within the project to companies, how can you actually apply this? And this is why we're having these user conferences to share experiences And because we know the more you talk about it, the, the clearer it becomes on how to use this model at best in, in your organization. And that's why we think yeah. this user uh, day is so important and we invite everybody to, uh, to join and join forces and to, to, col uh, to collaborate on this. Yeah, that's great. So Siba, if you had a uh, key takeaway or a kind of a final remark here, concluding remark for our audience, what, uh, what would you leave our audience with? I'd say if, if you've never heard of it, uh, visit it. Uh, so it's, it lives online, awaspsam.org. Um, have a look at it. Uh, you click through to the model. You can discover the model there. Uh, and be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, that way you get, uh, uh, we, we're not spamming. Uh, we regularly send an update of what we're doing. Um, so you get at least like once per month or every every two months an update on, on what we're doing. So if you want to keep up to date on what we're doing, subscribe to the newsletter. All right, Bart, what, uh, what would you leave the audience with? For me, it would be uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. 
because uh, we see that uh, actually the OWASP model is, is a bit of, of a jewel. At least we think it's a jewel, but it's, it only, uh, you only start to appreciate the, the real content and the real value of it once you start using it. And so we organize a lot of trainings and, and discussions with people uh, and they really start seeing the value once they apply it to their company. So my suggestion would be try it. It doesn't cost you a lot of time. Just give it a go and you will see that by, by trying it out, you will start to realize the value that, that actually is in the model and it's totally free. So it's out there for everybody. So my takeaway would be uh, give it a try and, and share feedback or, or give us questions if, if you have any. Very, very good. So, Siva and Bart, thank you very much from us. We're gonna we're gonna offer thank yous from from the community as well uh, for working on OWASP Sam and making this project such a success. And I know there's a there's got to be a team of tens, if not hundreds, of people <laughs> that are collaborating Definitely. and directly providing you feedback. And so, we want to thank all of those folks that are that are putting forth all of these volunteer efforts. A lot of people don't realize OWASP does not pay anything like this is these are volunteers that are building these things because they want to see the world be a better place in the future where we have better security across the board regardless of what company you're from what country you're from doesn't matter that's o o OWASP is open and so we just want to thank you guys for putting forth literally the hundreds if not thousands of hours you've invested into this thank you for doing that and thank you for sharing with our audience today thank you Chris and indeed thanks also to the to the rest of the team yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. You'll find the show on Twitter at AppSec Podcast or on the web at www.securityjourney.com slash application dash security dash podcast. You can also find Chris on Twitter at EdgeRoute and Robert at Robert Hurlbutt. Remember, security is a journey, not a destination.